This is TechCrunch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Presented by the Salvation Army. Your donations help those in need win their daily battles to survive poverty. To give, ask your smart speaker to make a donation to the Salvation Army or make your gift at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Week in Review. Apple's rebirth as a content company has a forgettable debut. By Lucas Matney. Hey everyone, thank you for welcoming me into your inboxes yet again. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. After dodging your inboxes for a couple of weeks as I ventured off to China for a TechCrunch event in Shenzhen, I'm rested up and ready to go. The Big Story When Apple announced details on their three new subscription products, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, and Apple News+, all of which are now live back in March, the headlines that followed all described accurately how Apple's business was increasingly shifting away from hardware towards services and how the future of the company may lie in these subscription businesses. I largely accepted those headlines as fact, but one thing I've been thinking about an awful lot is how much I have loved Disney Plus since signing up for an account, and just how little I've thought about Apple TV Plus, despite signing up for both at their launches. It's admittedly not the fairest of comparisons. Disney has decades of classic content behind them, while Apple is pushing out weekly updates to a few mostly met TV shows. But no one was begging Apple to get into television. The company's desires to diversify and own subscriptions that consumers have on their Apple devices certainly makes sense for them, but their strategy of making that play without the help of any beloved series before them seems to have been a big miscalculation. At TechCrunch, we write an awful lot about acquisitions worth hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars. Some of the acquisitions that have intrigued me the most have been in the content space. Streaming networks are plunking down historic sums on series like Seinfeld, Friends, and The Big Bang Theory. The buyers have differed throughout these deals, but they've never been Apple. And that's because Apple isn't bidding on history. They're trying to nab directors and actors creating the series that will be the next hits. And while that sounds very Apple, it also sounds like a product that's an awfully big gamble to the average consumer looking to try out a new streaming service. Why pick the service that's starting from a standstill? Apple has ordered plenty of series, and I have few doubts that at least one of the shows they plan to introduce is going to be a hit, but there isn't much in the way of an early favorite yet, and for subscribers that haven't found the one yet, there's very little reason to stick around. Other networks with a half-dozen major series can afford a few flops because there's a library of classics that's filling up the dead space. Apple's strategy is bold, but is going to lead to awfully high churn among consumers that won't be as forgiving of bad bets. This is an issue that's sure to become less pronounced over time, but I bet there will be quite a few consumers unsubscribing in the meantime, leaving those on freebie subscriptions responsible for gauging which new shows are top-notch. 
Apple has also made the weird move of not housing their content inside an app so much as the Apple TV's alternative UI inside the TV app. On one hand, this makes the lack of content less visible, but it also pushes all of the original series to the back of your mind. If you're a Netflix user who's been subconsciously trained never to use the TV app on your Apple TV because none of their content is housed there, you're really left forgetting about TV Plus shows entirely when using the traditional app layout. We haven't received any super early numbers on Apple News Plus, Apple Arcade, or Apple TV Plus, but none of the three appears to have made the sizable cultural splashes in their debuts that were hoped for at launch. Apple's biggest bet of the three was undoubtedly TV Plus, and while their first series haven't seemed to drop any jaws, what's more concerning is whether the fundamentals of the service have been arranged so that unsatisfied subscribers feel any need to stick around. On to the rest of the week's news. Trends of the week. Here are a few big news items from big companies. Facebook buys a game studio building lightsaber Fruit Ninja. One of the things I wrote about this week was Facebook buying the game studio behind one of virtual reality's most popular titles, Beat Saber. No details on a price tag for the deal, but the buy brings the hop IP underneath Facebook's corporate umbrella, which seems poised to be eyeing more VR content acquisitions. Twitter plans for account memorials. Almost any time Twitter decides to make a big product change, one gets the feeling it was either snuck through or brute-forced by the CEO or another exec. And that's because there often doesn't seem to be a lot of consideration for caveats that users seem to collectively identify almost immediately. This week was time for another one of these situations, after Twitter announced it was planning to deactivate old, unused Twitter accounts en masse, something users realized was just going to lead to deactivating deceased people's accounts and erasing what they had ever tweeted. Twitter, to their credit, decided to pause and rethink things. Gaffa Gaps How did the top tech companies screw up this week? Well, this clearly needs its own section in order of badness. The number one item... Google appears to bring the hammer down on activism, as a Google employee activist says she's been fired. Disrupt Berlin It's hard to believe it's already that time of the year again, but we just announced the agenda for Disrupt Berlin, and we've got some all-stars making their way to the stage. Here are just three reasons you should come to Disrupt Berlin. You can learn how to win customers and influence consumers. Listen to three of the best tackle the thorny issue of Brexit for startups and learn how to raise your first euros. I'll be there this year, so get some tickets and come say hey. To hear everything you need to know about the week's top stories in tech from the people who wrote them, check out the TechCrunch podcast hosted by me, TechCrunch Managing Editor Daryl Etherington. Each week we go in-depth on two or three of the week's top stories from in and around the startup ecosystem and I'll be joined by the TechCrunch experts who covered them. They tell us why the news is so important and what they think matters most to you, our listeners. Whether you're just interested in tech or that's where you make your living. New episodes drop every Saturday morning, so be sure to subscribe to the TechCrunch podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 